Welcome back to Love, Lust, and Magic. I have such an amazing episode for you. And yes, I might be biased, but this is simply the truth because today I am talking to the illustrious, magical, occult mommy and daddy of the masses, Naha Armadi of 22 Teachings School of Hermetic Science and Magical Arts. Naha has been my teacher for many, many years, teaching me the ways of ceremonial magic, of Hermetic Kabbalah, of tarot. She is truly one of the most respected, reputable teachers on the subject that I know of. And she just shares so much wisdom with us in this episode about living magic, about what it's been like to not be a man walking this path as a teacher since so many of the teachers out there in ceremonial magic and the Western mystery tradition are men. She shares about her recent trip to Italy, about her experiences in Egypt, about how sobriety plays a role in her magic, and it's just a really, really inspiring episode and a really informative one, especially if you're coming to this path as a witch. There's just so much value in hearing different perspectives. And if you've ever been curious about ceremonial magic or Kabbalah or have known about it, whether through Crowley or the Golden Dawn and don't know where to start, this episode is a really good place to start. So I hope you enjoy the show and I'll see you on the other side. Naha, Naha Armadi, my (laughs) ceremonial magic mommy, hermetic Kabbalah muse. Your work spans so many lifetimes and labels. And I guess to start, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got here and how you begin 22 teachings, your school of hermetic arts and sciences? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Thanks so much, Gabby. Um, Such an honor to be able to sit with you and uh feels like a little full circle moment that we're doing this now um how i kind of got to where i'm at now um you know it really was not something that i ever set out to specifically have a plan for being a teacher or being a ceremonial magician that was or opening a school or doing any of those things it wasn't um, like a early on a great vision that I had even working in in the sort of uh, metaphysical realm of doing readings and all of the things that are such a big part of my life now but what has always compelled me and what I've always been drawn to is doing whatever it was that the majority of people were not mm. so Um, I think that it's always been important to me to look to where there might be a gap in in experience and opportunity and be able to say if if nobody's filling that gap maybe that's a place for me I remember um, when I was younger 
you know, really being involved in the music scene and being a turntablist. And I just didn't want to play any of the music that was what anybody else was playing. So I was looking for the most sort of fringe, most avant-garde, most unexpected, because I said, and not that I didn't like the other things. I mean, I like popular culture. I like popular music. And it's just that if somebody else is already doing it, they're probably doing it better than me. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't have that kind of impetus to, to put energy into things that I think someone else is already doing better. Um, same thing with books, you know, I've, I've written um, one book and I, I felt like I needed to put a voice to the topic of crystal healing that mm -hmm. was maybe different than what the other, um, the other offerings out there looked like. But I think that that's just kind of flowed into why I teach what I teach now is that there's just not a lot of people doing it. Um, there's uh, obviously it's it's completely um my my life at this point what i teach is what i practice and so it's unfolded in that way but i think that what keeps me going in it is the fact that it is something unique 22 teachings is definitely um a different type of training a different type of school than than most of what is out there. So I, I think that that's the biggest thing is um, finding, you know, finding what is unique and finding, finding that there's, there's need for that. Absolutely. I fucking feel that, especially as an Aquarius. I'm like, I'm going to do my <laughs> own thing. Like it feels so important. And I feel like um, I really resonate too with your kind of journey of like being a student first and then coming into this position to like be a teacher. Like I also had a similar kind of experience where I just like started writing and then people kind of started approaching me and that's like I didn't you know I feel like a lot of people now with like social media and being an influencer kind of have this like idea about like stepping into a teacher at like teacher role and like teaching and like making money from things and I think for like a lot of us it was just like like the universe was like here you go and we're like uh okay guess I'm gonna uh do this now but I know your story specifically like you you know like you're a student first and foremost and you went through a very intense kind of um like lodge experience or learning experience with your teacher William Kiesel could you tell us a little bit about what those circles were like and how that kind of led from you being like DJ Naha to ceremonial magician teacher Naha yeah so those and those times really overlapped and um you know I was I it, it's funny because the 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 things that I was I was doing whenever you're doing anything outward facing like being a DJ or being a teacher or whatever it is there's there's just like interesting uh, interesting boundaries that you have to create around who am I really like am I the person when I'm on stage or or am I you know is that who I really am in my private life and I mm -hmm. had some of those conundrums with DJing um and uh 
actually, you know, Naha is not my given name. And it was a name that I had taken on as a DJ mm-hmm. and um, kind of found that name and sort of realized it or remembered it. And uh, one of the things I loved about it originally is that it had no indicator whether I, whether I was a woman or a man. It oh. was just like a neutral name that if somebody saw that on a flyer, their, their first assumption would probably just be that I was a guy because mm-hmm. most DJs were definitely guys then and probably still. Um, but there came a point, and this was probably when I was like 21 years old, when I realized to, to solve this problem of who am I when I'm one or when I'm the other, I need to just have the same name all the time. And so that's yeah. when I started going by Naha and told my friends, you know, I know you think that's just my DJ name, but I just want to, that's it. I am not two separate people. I am the same person and I want to just, you know, I'm not, I'm not creating a character. So I just want to be that all the time. And then when I ended up finding, um, when I ended up meeting William, you know, my, my very good friend Tippett introduced us and, and, um, was, getting me into this this complete huge section of reality or beyond reality i should say that i had no idea about i didn't know about ceremonial magic i'd never heard of the hermetic order of the golden dawn i i couldn't even begin to have have foreseen that i would be involved in anything like that yeah but one of the very first things that um, we were taught in that first magic circle was that we were supposed to operate sub rosa, meaning under the rose, um, in secrecy and not be talking about what we were doing externally. And that was very, there was something very special about that. And there was something very gratifying and fulfilling about that because there was it meant that what i was doing i was going to be totally free from anybody's judgment from anybody's Mm -hmm. meddling and it created this very sacred container there were seven of us and we would meet every sunday for a time we met at my teacher's house and then um eventually we were meeting at at our house we had this big like two-story house um, up in Seattle, and we would meet every single week. This went on for years, and they would begin with lecture, and then that would turn into actual practicing of ritual. So high magic ritual, we would do um, vanishing rituals. We would do the middle pillar together, standing in a circle in our robes, Mm. and, um, and it really just became something that I felt so passionate about because there's also endless um, opportunities for learning there. There was, there wasn't, a week didn't go by that they weren't putting a new book in my hands going, now we need you to read Paul Foster Case. Now we need you to read Dion Fortune. Now Eliphas Levy, now Manly P. Hall. And they were just giving me one book after another. And it's like, these are not new Mm-hmm. authors or new books and so kind of realizing wow there's there's so much history here there's so much that i can explore and it was just really helping me to make sense of so many things 
going on kind of in the outer world as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I mean, again, I feel like these things find us at the perfect time when we're ready. And like, it really is like a whole world opening up to you when you discover these things. What do you like? What do you remember kind of how you what were the first, I guess, like effects of moving through this intense ritual, this intense devotion and like keeping it all, like you said, like private, like nobody else's energy meddling, nobody else's opinions there, just like being in the sacred space of yourself. Like how what were the first, I guess, sort of shifts that made you realize that magic is real, magic is realis? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was the realizing of the connection of all things. And yeah. it's so funny because at the time, you know, I was still, I, I was in my, honestly, I was already in my late twenties by the time that I met my teachers, but I was still in full party mode, which I had been in since I had graduated from high school. I mm -hmm. mean, I had spent a decade going to parties, playing at raves, um, doing tons of drugs, tons of psychedelics and, um, you know, having all of these experiences in the outer world that were pretty, like, third eye opening, you could say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anybody that's that's done that kind of stuff knows the sort of realization of the connectedness of all things that, mm -hmm. that doing psychedelics shows you. And yet it was something that when I was when I was studying Hermetic Kabbalah and looking at the Tree of Life, it was the same kind of idea or concept of the connectedness of all things, but in this practical, scientific, applicable way, not just in the sort of mind-blown, mm -hmm. like, wow of it all, but like, oh, I can actually connect the dots here. I can see how the archetypes of life connect to the different stars and connect in turn to color and number and things that um, that Plato and Pythagoras and the, the Greek philosophical masters had laid out. And so it, it wasn't just like this sort of... Uh, awareness that I couldn't do anything with it it created a structure for me and I think that having those aha moments of like wow tarot actually connects to astrology mm -hmm. and that connects to numerology and that connects to these alchemical practices that we're learning and um I mean the 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 show the realizing that magic is real the the phenomenon are just non-stop once yeah. you're diving in yeah and from just the i would say just like the psychicness of it all you know we're having a conversation we open a book do a bibliomancy point to a word and the word is exactly the thing that we've mm -hmm. been talking about and and it's the the real-time synchronization of the connection of all things that really is um like so mind-blowing and the the last thing i want to say about that is is you're really making me like go back to that time <laughs> and be in that in that dark living room you know the first thing that they would always do our teachers is light the lamp of wisdom so mm. they had this old gold um oil lamp you know like an aladdin's mm -hmm. lamp which is the symbol for spirit 
And so they would always light that lamp before we started anything, before we started a lecture or a ritual. So I'm just remembering them lighting that and opening the temple. And even though it was only a group of seven of us, which, of course, seven is a very magical number, mm -hmm. but when we were doing intonation together, which is such an important part of the kind of magic that I mm -hmm. do, the way that our voices would sound together, the resonance, Ooh. and sort of finding that that sweet spot when everybody's mm -hmm. harmonizing yeah. and it's not like we're some kind of trained vocalists <laughs> but you can find that the note and that is such a magical moment where you're just you know it sounds like uh like a divine choir and yeah. it's almost like otherworldly and now i get to experience that all the time with my students some of who are coming in for the first time and they're vibrating and it sounds so magical it sounds yeah. so good so i think there's there's something to that for sure Oh, I love that so much. And I love this lighting of the lamp because, you know, in this kind of system of spirituality, everything is everything. And lighting the physical lamp is like such a reflection and such a, a manifestation of lighting that inner lamp within you. And intonation, I think that's like one of the biggest things that I would have to like stress to people that are coming to ceremonial magic or hermetic Kabbalah specifically from like witchcraft or or like just like another kind of occultism like it is really special to like vibrate it just even within yourself like when I'm vibrating with myself and I play with those like notes or if I'm just staying there like because everything is a sound because everything is a vibration like moving that through your body it like sounds like it wouldn't be such a, like an embodied experience but it really brings this like very heady kind of numinous magic through the flesh and can attest to that intoning in a group of other magicians is like so powerful and it sounds silly but i feel like a lot of this shit kind of sounds silly if you don't really if you haven't experienced it but yeah. it really is it's amazing um but before we move on i would love to just get your like definitions for ceremonial magic and hermetic kabbalah because i think a lot of the listeners are coming from more of like a witchcraft background and might not quite understand what like these systems of magic are or like what the western ceremonial tradition kind of or western esoteric tradition is so how would you yeah. define ceremonial magic and or hermetic kabbalah uh, ceremonial magic is like don't define me literally <laughs> i'm beyond definition <laughs> yeah i mean the i guess the the definition of the western mystery tradition is this is sort of the synthesizing of these different paths from uh, from all of the their paths of mysticism that stem from the greek from the egyptian from um from these sort of Mediterranean um, uh, ancient places of worship and mm -hmm. practice, um, Israel as well. So there's always going to be, with any kind of spiritual avenue there i mean speaking of like the secret stuff there's there's the outer and there's the inner version there's outer mm -hmm. versions of spirituality and those are the common religions that everyone knows and there's there's a flip side to that there's a there's an inner version as well and it's not 
you know, it's not separate from I don't believe. I think that it has to do with less of uh, of an idea of an external um this is what God is, or the goddess, or this is this is something outside of myself. To to an aspect of this is the internal divine nature of myself. That's what we call the microcosm, the little mm-hmm. world that that each one of us contains divinity, the entire universe, and every single element. So, if you look back, I mean the the. Two, the two words that come together in Hermetic Kabbalah, Hermetic comes from the ancient Egypt, Egyptian practices and from the teachings, the Hermetica um, attributed to Hermes Trismegistus, who some people might be not recognize, but I think almost everyone has heard of the phrase, as above, so below, mm-hmm. which is that idea of the reflection of the everything in the smaller, the reflection of, of um, like you were saying, lighting the lamp in, in real life and lighting the interior lamp. It's, mm-hmm. it's that kind of, um, it's that kind of reflection that comes from the emerald tablet attributed to Hermes Trismegistus. Mm-hmm. And then the Kabbalistic vein, which comes from um, Judaic mysticism, is where all of the divine names mm-hmm. and the the population of all of the archangels and sort of those hierarchies and how that works, how those two things sort of wove together um over time, all the way back from um, the Ptolemic period, when when these Egyptian and Jewish and Greek ideas were all kind of starting to come together, mm-hmm. and so that was developed as in the in the sort of I I guess most um, formal way by Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, but they had inherited their teachings from the Rosicrucians, another secret society. So basically, these these traditions and teachings were passed down through millennia. And you can imagine, um, it's like, you know that you know that game where you're passing an egg on a spoon like you played at a birthday when you're <laughs> yes. a kid and you're trying to not drop the egg so you can imagine the mysteries are like the egg and they're being passed from teacher to student over the millennia right yeah. um, all the way back from the original ancient um, mystery schools of Egypt and when it got to the golden dawn someone dropped the egg <sighs> and it broke and you can imagine that that egg suddenly ran out over the ground and everybody's like has suddenly has access to that not only the adepts not only the initiates but this came in the form of their ceremonies being mm-hmm. published and yeah. there's a there's a lot of divisive um about should it have ever come out should it have remained secret and um my my take on it is that there comes a time the the there comes a time for things to be 
close and there comes a time for things to be open and things are revealed for different reasons and that's even why i can talk about my old magical group now which Absolutely. for many many years i never talked about i had oaths of secrecy but there comes a time when it is appropriate you know dion fortune says um when you're learning all of this you shouldn't you you can maintain your discretion about what you're doing while not hoarding your knowledge and going yeah. it's all for me and no one else can have it yeah. and um and so being able to have that now one of the amazing things about this um about it is that because of all the years that it was kept very underground and passed through from initiate to initiate it created this very very potent i mean talk about the magical container the rituals that came mm -hmm. out of this were extremely extremely potent mm -hmm. and even when it is then open to more people in the public you can't for so many years of of this work being held so sacredly you 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 can't it can't spoil at this point yeah you know what i'm saying it's like people are like oh what if it falls into the wrong hands and um and and i feel like there's there's almost just like an automatic protection from that yeah people that it's not supposed to to run into um or that aren't supposed to have access to it they're they're not it's not going to be on their radar and um and so the ceremonial magical practice now is a matter of having access to that stream that stream yeah. of wisdom that stream of inner divinity and um and doing high magic is a matter of being able to be aligned with the divine will basically mm -hmm. so that you're trusting that the universe is going to guide you and unfold in all of the things that your soul has come here to do. Yeah. Oh my that God. Was a long answer. No, that was so beautiful. Large topic. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you did amazing. And I just really, really love what you were saying about people being like, about I, I haven't really heard a phrase like that like this is not going to fall into the wrong hands like and honestly at the end of the day like I feel like magic and occultism like of course you can get your ego involved with it we've all seen it I've you know I'm sure everybody's been there at some point or another but at the end of the day in my opinion like like you said like this sort of magic is making you a better person more aligned with the divine mm -hmm. and the divine light I'm like if somebody was like quote unquote evil or negative got a hold of this I'm like honestly what them doing the the like the lesser banishing ritual the pentagram what they're gonna be like cleansing themselves of like energy and invoking archangels like that would probably help them be a better person like you right? know and I'm like yeah like let get their hands on that let them heal with the divine light like at the end of the day like these are practices that are are supporting us in our evolution and I just really really love that idea that this is gonna like the stream is gonna flow to who it needs to flow to and you know something that I always remind people that I work with or that are reading my work whatever it is is that like if you feel drawn to whatever tradition I mean obviously there are traditions and religions that are closed but for example like witchcraft or hermetic kabbalah like that 
being drawn to that is enough invitation to explore it because yeah like this information like the golden dawn like israel regardi like exposing and de- democratizing all this information and the golden dawn doing that like it's out there but that doesn't mean that everybody in the world wants to do it you know like those of us who are drawn to it will find it no matter what and also it's like a lot more i think it takes a lot more dedication to really like understand and embody this than people realize until they step into it like it's not something that you're gonna get after a week like your magic fundamentals class you will learn a lot i know you just held it and know people can buy it Mm -hmm. online if you are interested in like the 101 stuff i took magic fundamentals with naha probably like five years ago at this point and it was wow it's incredible and that was like you know like all of the kind of knowledge starting to move through your aura and stuff but i remember like sitting outside on my balcony during like the early days of covid when i was like very much deep in my hermetic kabbalah studies and like i remember the moment when like the tree of life finally kind of made sense to me and i think i'd been studying Mm -hmm. it for like six months to a year and it was like the first time where i was like oh like this is the name of hukman like this is like the divine name of this and this is the color and it like it takes a while to unlock like this ceremonial magic in particular and hermetic kabbalah are very heady like they are very much like you need to learn like you need a study to learn this stuff but it can't be quite just through the mind like you're never going to access like magic in my opinion just through theory and you do such a just a wonderful job of bringing both sides like theory and practice into this kind of stream of occultism and magic and you know for myself like i started with witchcraft i identified as wiccan for a long time that's still like like not wicca but witchcraft is definitely still like a huge part of my practice and Mm -hmm. you know i feel like everybody knows of alistair crowley and then you learn about the golden dawn and like there are a lot of teachers and books and information about this but like Mm -hmm. modern day teachers that are alive almost all of them to my knowledge are men and like Mm -hmm. for me magic is so deeply rooted in the body and feeling Mm -hmm. and being expressed that like when I found you and found your magic and like just I remember I don't remember the I think the first class I might have taken with you was like a lodge when you were at house of intuition and like Mm -hmm. I just remember being like wow like this is incredible because like first off like you're a woman which i love i love that you are able to bring ceremonial magic to the masses without losing this energy of like embodiment and a feeling and of joy like and i just i think that's incredible obviously there's women like diane fortune who have you know written extensively about this but she um has been resting in paradise for a hot minute and i just know that there's you know obviously more women teachers of this sort of magic but what was your experience like teaching this as a woman was that like something that you kind of like recognized from the beginning that there weren't a lot of other women teachers is it just kind Mm. of like i'm a teacher and then i'm a woman or like i would just love to hear about kind of your experience or what you've learned or what you you know just whatever whatever you want to share yeah it's funny because you know kind of to what i was saying of of looking for where the gap is that there's there's something that does not exist i mean maybe i'm not super conscious of it in that particular area but it, early on for me so much of getting finding myself was a matter of finding what i wasn't you know yeah. um and that that was basically 
you know, why I was a punk too. It yeah. was like, I reject authority. I reject religion. You know, I reject society's rules. I reject the patriarchy, all of these things. And so along with that, I also very much rejected the idea of um, the sort of like binary gender aspect as well. Going back, like I said, with the name Naha, I was like, you know, I, I was born in 1975, definitely a few generations before the idea of, of um, or the discussion about non-binary and gender and all of that. So at this point in my life, it's like, well, we'll get to like my, my thoughts about that now. Mm -hmm. But I just think if I was born a couple of generations later, how much that would have spoken to me, like yeah. that movement and that, that expression. But early on, you know, I had very much like a, I would say like a rejection of the feminine. Yeah. And then it's funny because it's like, I'm trying to find like, well, who am I and what am I? And finding finally this, this, um, western mystery tradition and mm -hmm. going okay this this clicks and when you said a minute ago that it took you six months to a year to have those ahas about the tree same yeah i was so happy to just hear you say that because <sighs> i think that's kind of like how long it takes and yeah. i i mean i was studying as i said like i was dedicating a whole day of my week to study it and i was just kind of trusting like I hope sooner or later this kind of makes sense. Exactly. But you learn all these concepts and words, and then you're, you know, it's a lot of it's in Hebrew, and there's a lot of there's a lot of bridges to cross. But then it's so exciting when you make the leap and it fall and and it starts to click into place. Mm -hmm. Like when you you get one side of the Rubik's cube figured out. <laughs> and Okay, I can actually see I'm starting to get it. So when I moved to Los Angeles um, in 2010, that was like, I, I oftentimes reference that point because my whole life changed in 2010. And I do think that part of it was the buildup to 2012 because yeah. 2012 was such a huge awakening for so many people that I think I needed to like get myself settled in my new life, have these two years so that I could really stand as a teacher outward yeah. facing by 2012 when there was going to be this big rush of seekers and students and that time also coincided with my sobriety so getting sober which kind of started back in 28 2008 but by 2010 I was like off weed off of like every other thing and then so there was the move there was um, getting sober, and then there was also me starting actually working as a teacher and as a reader. All of those things happened at the same time. Oh, and all incredible. of a sudden, you know what I found? All of these things that I had rejected earlier on were starting to come back around. Yeah. A big one being my femininity. Yeah. So, like, living in Seattle, you know, I wore black jeans and hoodies basically exclusively. I don't, I didn't own a dress, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe remember that brand Lip Service? You probably know that. I, yes, that, that sounds very familiar. I yeah, like, maybe I had, like, one kind of, like, slutty Lip Service dress, and that was <laughs> it. Like, other than that, I was, like, I dressed like a tomboy, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, like I had a big chain wallet, and I wore combat boots. And um, when I got to L.A., I don't know. It's, like, it's hotter. It's sunnier. There's, yeah. like, a different vibe here. And I remember going down to Santee Alley and, like, <laughs> buying some dresses. Yeah. And then over time, I was, like, and they were like in colors like purple and yellow and orange and and the more that that kind of unfolded the more i sort of reclaimed the the like the feminine part of my external expression yeah and um and so it's interesting like i think that my attitude my sort of personality is a more masculine one and mm-hmm. um you know i oftentimes like to say in my classes like i like to crack the whip on my students i'm not just like a love and light oh everybody mm-hmm. just kind of do as you wish i'm like no like get your butt in seat and let's let's do this you yeah. know so um so i think that like i had to you know go through this process which is really alchemical of kind of separating from a part of myself and then bringing that part back around and um and it's funny it's like i went too almost too far in that direction where i totally rejected my past at that point and i was like i'm not gonna tell anyone i used to be you know uh, that I was a drug addict and all of these things. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a magic teacher now, and that's that's all I want to let people know about. And even my past came back in a way which is like, hey, I, I am a part of you, and I am your fierce, hardcore, mm. awesome part. And it doesn't have to be viewed through the lens of being a total fuck up and a, and like a total mess, but there's there was like a lot of good to be gleaned from accepting who I was in my past sharing it being like willing to talk about it and and now it's like being a woman as a teacher I don't even I don't think about it in myself as much you know I I I think that on one hand um I I want there to be opportunities for for women and and really like all kinds of people you know um, like the I will say especially growing up in Seattle living on Capitol Hill all of my friends all of my roommates you know my community was very queer and mm-hmm. that has always been my sort of like number one cause that yeah. I have. Um, supported, fought for, um, and and really like believed in, and yeah. so being able to create, you know, inclusive, safe community for anybody of whatever type to be able to to practice, which you know, this is actually just modeled off of really Golden Dawn, yeah. who was the yeah. first secret society yeah. to allow women in, yeah, and. And when I learned that, and one of those early books I read was Women of the Golden Dawn. I mean, Mm. that really clinched it for me. I was like, look at these amazing, powerful artists. They were artists. They were actresses. They were um, authors. And Golden Dawn magicians were not like, you're a woman, so this is your role. 
um, they were like, you're a person, uh, you're, you, we all look the same with a robe on. Literally. And the hood up. And, and I think that if we are the microcosm, then we have to re recognize we have all, we have all of these aspects within us. And it, in magic, it's the expression, not of masculine and feminine, which we talk about so much, but not as a, as a specific like outer gender expression but as force and form as actual uh, electricity the two the mm -hmm. twins that's on the caduceus and those things they have to work together like yeah we we have both of everyone has both of those those sides so the interplay of that is so fascinating to me and when to apply when to be feminine and when to be masculine and to see feel those things internally i love that yeah and i love what you were saying about yeah you know like i like even though there might not be as many like women teachers non-binary teachers like women femmes non-binary folks have always existed within this realm of magic and it's just that now like there's more space for all these different kinds of voices to be heard and i just want to mm -hmm. affirm that like 22 is i feel like it takes the golden dawn a step farther because golden dawn's like you know like very kind of still i feel like a little bit with the binary of like women and men but obviously mm -hmm. incredible that they were you know opened up to all genders because um to this day you know the masons are still only accepting men but i love that 22 is like men women everything in between any gender expression like you're welcome and mm -hmm. i love what you were saying about kind of like owning all these different parts of yourself and like having the self-compassion for your past and also kind of holding this like holding yourself with the strength like to me that is such a reflection of like the sacred marriage the divine marriage of like masculine and feminine of like you know this kind of softness of allowing all past expressions of yourself to like be safe within yourself and then like hold that with love like so beautiful and i yeah i just i'm so grateful we have people like you doing the great work and uh, well, uh, that's alchemy you exactly. know being able to to take it apart and yeah. put it back together again yeah solve it coagula absolutely mm -hmm. and i love that you were talking about your sober journey because i did want to talk to you about that that is such um a beautiful step and i know that 22 um also offers a like recovery circle for people in you know the magical space who are recovering from addiction or have lo loved ones who are so that's a really great resource that i just want to shout out um can you remind me of the mm. name of the circle it's circle of Sophrosyne. Sophrosyne, I love that. Name. Yeah, Sophrosyne is the Greek goddess of temperance. She's Aww. the one that the that the archetype of temperance was modeled after. So she represents moderation. You know, it's not perfection. Yeah. It's being able to have balance. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. again, just to to be able to have something that is like. A little different what you know I love honestly like I went through Alcoholics Anonymous mm -hmm. I think that the 12-step program is one of the if not the most important magical act I've ever done oh, incredible um, it's extremely aligned with the magical process mm -hmm. but it's also utterly the most um, humbling and the most 
um, about self-knowledge yeah. and you have to really take like a hard, honest, honest look at yourself. Um, you know, anywhere where you've been blaming any external thing, you look at what your part was in that or yeah. how you played a role in that. And um, so I found, I found that that was totally crucial in in my like personal advancement as a human yeah but it also is like it's not for everyone you yeah. know there's like a certain rigidity and kind of a common um like extra christian yeah kind of aspect of it in some some places and so we we have circle of sephrosyne which you know is not strictly a 12 step we're kind of based off of that but you you know nobody's like counting your days anyone can come you don't there's no like specific dogma around it so to be able to provide that you know it's just kind of like the passing it passing it along yeah. especially in this day and age it's like it's so weird how when i was doing tons of drugs and you know back in the day i sold weed for like more than one period of my life mm -hmm. and funded some of the other activities that I wanted to do because I did that. Mm -hmm. And it was all illegal back then, you know. Yeah. There, by the time that weed was legalized, I didn't smoke it anymore. Yeah. And so I have a different kind of association with like thinking of it as a drug, maybe not like the medicine that people yeah. in the modern era think of it and nowadays <clears throat> psychedelics are being used in so many um uh you know therapeutic practices mm -hmm. and while that's great and i want people to be able to find um things that work for them it's also it i also think that it's good to have a voice for a, a path which does not involve any uh, mind-altering substances. I mean, yeah. not even to mention all the plant medicines like that are so um, popular, especially yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very easy to find, um, you know, somebody that will take you on an ayahuasca yeah. journey. Yeah. It's harder, I think, to find someone that can get you potentially to that same point completely free of substances yeah, and it's absolutely. so crazy to even say that you know that that um that uh that things that are mind altering are like the norm almost I, I mean at least like where we live i'm sure that you know that's not true in most parts of the country or world but um it is some it, it, it's something that um there's i want to just shout out another woman teacher who is still alive although um she's stepped down from her from leading the servants of the light and that's dolores ashcroft nowicki mm -hmm. she has written such incredible books on this um path uh she's written path working books she has a book called i think it's the initiates workbook um, or magicians I feel like it's sitting behind me. <laughs> Dolores Ashcroft Nowicki. She her work is so incredible, and um, you know I she comes from the lineage of of uh, Dion Fortune, mm -hmm. who was you know from the original Golden Dawn um, through her student uh, William Butler, who I also love, and mm -hmm. then you know from him to Dolores, 
and she really keeps the original teachings alive and she says like if you are interested in in going very deeply in hermetic kabbalah it is not suggested that you um partake in um mind-altering substances now yeah. you know truth be told i did for a lot of years overlapping my magic but i got to a point where i think you know i had to kind of make a choice and yeah. at that point i do think that it was the training the magical training that made it um that made me able to to put that stuff away and and or be ready or not need it yeah yet at the same time you know like you were saying acceptance of the past do i regret all of those experiences do i do i regret taking beavis and butthead acid and ecstasy and going to a grateful dead show and seeing, <laughs> seeing jesus you know like no i think that those were important initiations absolutely but I will say, and I think you can probably attest because you've done the work with me, we can get there, we can go the distance and see the most incredible um, expressions of uh, and visions and really, really just mind-blowing phenomenon with and, and do it you know in a clean way and then come back with it yeah and and have it in, instantly be able to be integrated absolutely so you know i'm not in judgment of people that are that that want to partake but i do think that for my you know i can only speak for myself i've i've had great leaps and bounds forward um as i've matured um, beyond the need for those things and who's to say I mean I don't know maybe you'll find me in my 70s up on a mountaintop in Peru doing you know riding the serpent anything's possible <laughs> <laughs> I love that and um, yeah I definitely feel like a lot I mean I have also experienced psychedelics and I do feel like there is especially with like it being so many different things being so wildly widely available and it being like kind of at least in LA like part of this like wellness culture it's very easy to mistake mm. the experience of the psychedelic for the path itself when I feel like the psychedelics if anything are like Dalit, the doorway, the empress, like opening up this kind of portal within you to show you a realm of possibilities, especially if like you didn't grow up spiritual, or you don't have that connection to be like, there is this connection between all living things like here you go or whatever kind of your experience is. But if you mistake that for the whole path, it's like doing psychedelics does not is not a spiritual seeker make like you're not going to necessarily, like you said, come back with these kind of this knowledge or this wisdom because it's just a temporary gate of of getting there and i um not the path you know, the way you are saying this is this is sorry to interrupt okay. you but i'm so here for this <laughs> I have, that's so well said you know it's just like it's a it's a door it's not though it's not the whole thing itself and it kind of reminds me like mm -hmm. when we're climbing on the tree and you have your first experience of like seeing the divine and it's like no this is actually like your idea of the divine there's something beyond that and if you mm -hmm. kind of get caught in this trap then it's like actually not going to be as supportive as like you know just releasing it and continuing to go on and i um for the past few years my sister and i do some mushrooms on this the winter solstice and it's been lovely but 
but like I had a mo- you know I took the medicine this year and then I had this like moment I was like you know what like not to be like I know everything but there came a point where it was like I actually feel like I have experienced more psychedelic ex- like had a more psychedelic experience downloaded more information through my magical practice through interior yeah. temple work through path working than mushrooms like then psychedelics i'm like not that they're not going to show me anything but i just kind of have this realization that it was like i already am so like aligned and devoted to this like spiritual magical path that like i don't think that the like the psychedelics could show me anything that I was like or like unaware of like they're not to say that they're not gonna blow my mind I'm sure if I took like a million tabs of acid I would learn something new but like I just don't want to so I definitely feel you I'm you know not sober but definitely taking a huge step back from psychedelics always kind of renegotiating my boundaries with weed because yeah like there are still there can still be addictive tendencies with these things that are helping us and it's definitely you know you're pointing out a really great thing which is that it's not it's not just about psychedelics but anything that we interest ourselves in we can get to sort of the edge of that you know Mm -hmm. it's like once you've explored anything to a certain a certain aspect i mean i think about you know like i was saying with with the djing like kind of um i was really the the music that i was playing was digital hardcore and it was sort of this sense of like okay how many thousands of records am i gonna own before i've kind of heard every combination of beats and (laughs) harmonies you know or or whatever we study and we kind of go all right um i kind of get it like it doesn't necessarily really do it for me in the way that it once did but that i i do think that there are there's something for everyone that will be that bottomless rabbit hole i mean i would like to think that again you know that's what i have found in this magic and Mm -hmm. you know the tarot being a huge part of it 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 never i never reach the end of it i never reach the edge there it continues to go every single time i think i'm I'm starting to kind of like i know better now than to think i know i have it all figured out because it's like realizing that there's an entire um it's like thinking that you get to the end boss and then you know the the company puts out like the next iteration of the game and you realize oh my gosh i i thought that i knew how to beat this but there's a whole new version of it so magic for me it it just continuously offers um something beyond where i'm at which i think is like um you know some people might feel like i think that there's a human there is like a, a human compulsion to want to just finish to yeah it's like when you're collecting things and you want to just like have the complete collection um but um there's value in being able to recognize that there is always more there and and it's not your your sense of attainment is that your milestones along the way, yeah. not the final crossing the finish line of like, aha, I got there, I figured it all out. 
exactly and i as you were speaking that even before you mentioned the tarot with like your dj thing you know or with djing and you're like i got to this place where it felt like or like i get to this place where i feel like i know it all and then i got i realized that there's more it like reminded me of like getting to like the world card in the tarot like the last of the major arcana Mm -hmm. thinking you're done and then suddenly it's the fool again and it's like oh i have to do this whole journey but now i'm kind of like at a higher echelon i'm maybe not starting as the fool on this journey i'm starting as a magician but now i have to kind of go through right and it's like yeah with djing like you if that i feel like i feel kind of how you feel about that with like living in a certain place or like experience something like you can fulfill like your karma or your dharma or whatever like with a certain thing and like learn what you need to learn from it and then like move on like if you wanted to learn more about djing and continue getting deep into that like you could have but you honored that like you had fulfilled that kind of lesson that it was time to take that passion or that kind of awareness of you know vibration and transmute it and I feel like Mm -hmm. you know I feel kind of similar about like the kinky worlds where there's just like you know like when I was I it was really similar to my experience with like ceremonial magic and Kabbalah where it's like you kind of get your foot in the door and then it's like this whole fucking universe is is there and there's just so much to explore and like with magic too like it's not just it's an embodied experience it's something that transforms your inner world and that transforms your outer world which transforms your reality so it's like Mm -hmm. you can really get as deep as you want and I just you know I think that being sober for that and having that kind of clear channel is such a good um it's a really beautiful offering to yourself and the divine as you you know navigate these deep deep worlds that could just spiral on like the Ouroboros forever Mm -hmm. Um, so to change the subject a little bit you have been to Egypt twice now including Uh leading students on an initiatic journey what was that experience like for you and how did it transform your own relationship to your magic I've actually been to Egypt 222 times yes that's true I'm sorry twice in this (laughs) life as far as I know but oh my god effortless I mean you and I went at least like 67 times together 69 times (laughs) exactly Um, those are the two still to come in this yes yes so I mean, my I love traveling. Just I, my traveling is is always a pilgrimage, mm-hmm. and um, this started back with the very first time that I went to Europe, um, and I went to Prague. Which at the time, you know, this was back during my original magic group. Um, So around 2004, I went and I went to all of the old Jewish cemeteries and museums and synagogues there. And that was such an important, um, that was such an important place for um, the alchemists and the early Kabbalists. And there's just so much lore there that Mm -hmm. being able to go to these places where this is sacred ground, yeah. you know. I, I feel that there's so much to be received by just being in a location that has this kind of magical history. Yeah. And so I've kind of thought of that as I have chosen where I want to travel. And it's funny because I do, I, I consider traveling to also be divinely guided for me. Like, yeah. I always, I've, you know, like any person, I have my list of places I want to go. Um, 
but sometimes a particular message will come in and override all of that like yeah. i remember i was wanting to go to um brazil and i had i was like planning this big um south american trip and i did a reading for a student or a client who had just gotten back from israel mm. and she said to me you have to go you have to go to jerusalem oh, yeah. um and you know by the end of the month i was booking my trip there that yeah. was like such a complete like you know a trip which is a pilgrimage it is uh -huh. an initiation Absolutely. and i knew that egypt was going to be one of the biggest one yeah. of those and um so fortunately i had the opportunity to go um in 2019 because one of my really good friends isis who is also one of william's students that i've known since we knew each other from the dj days honestly wow like, i had no idea um, isis is amazing oh yeah we she actually threw the very first um party that i was booked at officially like on the flyer oh my god um, shut yes, up right? like, that's um, iconic totally and uh and so we had known each other since I, you know since i think she was a teenager and um so she leads groups to egypt and i had the opportunity to go with her and uh i always thought egypt was about just about like going to the pyramids yeah and so we go for a couple weeks and we do a nile tour and i didn't even understand about all of these temples all along the nile to all of the different Nedaru. So mm -hmm. um, the temple to um, the the temple to Hathor, the temple to Isis, the Osirian temple, and that these temples, although they're not, you know, they're not full of any physical objects because all the objects have been put, you know, in museums yeah. and things at this point or dispersed around the world. Yeah. Um, but the walls are just completely top to bottom covered with the carvings, the writings, the hieroglyphs. Mm -hmm. And that's where the real magic is anyway. Absolutely. I mean, don't we, at, at, in whatever your magical tradition is, and we, you know, we all love all of our tools and all, you know, remember the story from magic fundamentals about the witch the sorcerer and the wizard how the witch loves you know all of her ingredients and her recipes and all of her tools and you know i love all of those things but we have to remember where does the real magic lie yes. it, within us and yes. within the mind and within the word that we communicate exactly. you know going back to the intonation so all of the information all of the words all of the formulas all of the knowledge is still in the temples it's right there yeah. and it's like incredible that in this um modern time you know we have a uh egyptologist that taught um that taught a hieroglyphs course for us um at the school actually still available as a recording hell yeah but um to be able to understand that that is all there these are not just these empty monuments yeah. so by the time it, at the end of the trip that we got to the pyramids i the that was just a formality for me i was already so full of mm. so much awakening of so much just incredible activation and magic that it was like i didn't even care if i went in the pyramid or not at yeah. that point 
like Egypt is so much more than just that. Exactly. And of course, the pyramid is its own mind blowing thing <laughs> to go in the Great Pyramid. Um, the first time that we went, I believe we went in on the winter solstice. Wow. Three years later, as you said, I took 40 students um, uh, with ISIS, uh, 40 students from the school, and um, we were in, I believe it was Christmas Day that we went into the Great Pyramid. And we did an extended trip. We went up to Alexandria and to that sacred ground, you know, where all of mm. these things were were coming together, as I said, in that Ptolemic mm -hmm. uh, period. And um, it, this is just the most perfect example of what following this path has done for me, because logically, this makes no sense. To be able to take 40 students on a field trip to Northern Africa, to a place I've only been once, mm -hmm. and to be able to move together as a sacred unit, and to be able to do all of the work that we did there and have all the magical experiences that we had, completely is beyond the, like, what any computer could tell you is possible. Yeah. Like, you know, and yet it happened. And, and again, when I went to Egypt the first time, I had they said, oh, no, you should bring your students next time. I said, that's crazy. I would have to come back several times and have, like, years and years of experience and doing, you know, maybe more local trips to even begin to think that I could, could um, do that. And yet, you know, that is the opportunity that unfolded. I'm trusting the divine will, and there we are. Um, making it happen and um, it was just the most incredible incredible thing now William and I are already planning our next trip to Yay! Prague our alchemy trip so, so that's cool. going to be the end of next year incredible. and now I know because I did Egypt that and you know I've been to Prague many times now um, that's a lie I've been to Prague <laughs> two times many times in past lives many, many, many times right Literally. but you know Twice as twice as many as I'd been to Egypt. So. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we're going to actually go in October for our scouting trip and Incredible. find all the, all, like all of the places that we're going to stay and where, you know, we've got all the connections over there. So <gasps> amazing. Yeah. Well, if have share the information by the time i post this you have links we can share them in the notes and i also want to shout out isis's school academy of oracle arts which is one of 22 mm -hmm. teachings sibling schools and they yes. do really really great work as well um what was like the biggest like obviously can't go through an experience like that like you said it's an initiation you come out transformed hence initiation what was yeah. the biggest kind of thing that you took away or when you got back to the states like what was like how, what transformed what transpired what what felt different after experiencing that from egypt yes um well it, i can actually answer that from the first time that i went which is that all of the things 
that had always been a mystery to me that I had kind of, you know, I'm, I'm very much a person who likes proof. Mm-hmm. I don't like to just take things for face value. I love that about and you. This, this is very much how I reflect my teaching. Mm-hmm. I always like to get to the bottom of why. Yes, yes. I, I never am like, here's just a diagram, copy it down. I'm like, let's build the diagram. You know, I don't like to give out handouts. I'm like, let's, Let's design it together and see how it's built. Um, let's figure out the formula mm-hmm. instead of just writing down the formula. Mm-hmm. Let's let's understand how it's created. And so, with that in mind, um, in magic, there are plenty of like in life, there are plenty of things that remained mysteries to me like well why is this this way mm-hmm. and there's just been those times in life when i have to go i could let this be a block for me if i can't get past it or i could just let it go and go um it just is that way because it is and yeah. just keep it moving and yeah. so it's always been a thing for me when i get to something that's like a paradox of yeah. like well how is it that why is something this way and not that way and just to have to be like, just trust it and move on or yeah. you're never going to progress. So what happened for me in Egypt is all of these things that never made sense to me. And it was like so unexpected. It was like the entire list of all of the sort of um, blind spots that I had were solved. Yeah, Every riddle that I had just kind of been left sort of unsatisfied about was completely rectified anything that i that i was like i thought it was this or i i I kind of like um you know had had sort of a muddy area of understanding that got completely spelled out in this very clear real way because you can study about egypt you can you know hypothesize about the pyramids and how they were built you can you can study all these things about magic but when you're inside it literally when you are you know (laughs) when you are in the temple when you're in the pyramid when you are there when you're sitting and you're touching your hands are against the wall Mm. You're never going to, like, you, there's something you're going to receive that you just can't receive by speculating yeah. and and just, like you were saying earlier, intellectually alone. And so I wish I could give a really solid example, but it was like I received just these clear, specific, refining downloads across the board of all the things that I'd ever had doubts about it was like this pure aspect of of wisdom and faith Mm. and it really rocked my world you know it took it you know i'm still unpacking that first trip flash forward to three years later and taking the students and of course i had you know i had different different um super powerful as powerful experiences but i was much more um, interested in watching all of my students of go through their process yeah. and journey and kind of being able to be there for them like I get it I know this is like totally mind-blowing yeah. and just sort of serving as the grounding rod for yeah. that and 
the mother hen as well. And there was like one point on the trip where we're sitting in the restaurant. I was going around. I had this big bag of like, um, what's the stuff you take on the plane? Airborne and like um, vitamin C packets and Nutribiotic. And I was going around with what, you know, with everyone's giving, like making up little concoctions. And some people were like, no, I don't want electrolytes. And I'm like, yes, you're getting your electrolytes. Everybody had their, their potion, their medicine. And I don't know, it was, it was a very sort of, um, fun but like fulfilling human mothering role which you know I like to think of all my students as my as my children definitely it's giving it's (laughs) reminding me of the goddess Isis of a set who like you know she's like the first uh goddess who creates a mummy because she brings her husband back to life and then she births Horus and it's like you went Mm -hmm. first on this like your own initiatic journey like Isis going to the underworld to bring Osiris back yes with Nephthys with your guide with Isis as yours like you know like Isis under um of Academy of Oracle Arts and then from that from your own experiences you were able to like be the mother goddess and like lead other people through this experience and also like be the little alchemist that's making them all their modern day potions with vitamin c Mm -hmm. and zinc that's just (laughs) such a a beautiful parallel and um i also just want to say that like that's the gift of magic that like even if you were to describe these downloads that you have like people aren't going to understand it because it's like your experiences that like all of these kind of things clicking in your own on your own path and like that is available to anybody obviously it's a different level when you're like at the ancient site touching the walls of like the temple like that goal as fuck goals as fuck i can't wait to go with you on your next egypt excursion but like (laughs) you don't have to physically go to the place to have these experiences and in fact like for me so many of those downloads like yes they happen during ritual they happen during ceremony but they also just happen in moments of like peace and contemplation and presence like Mm -hmm. when i'm in the bath or when i'm driving or when i'm just like allowing myself to feel like you say you know you one of the things that you say that i've always remembered is that like magic is cumulative it's it's yes it's like little by little but it's like really leaps and bounds and um i just love that you were able to kind of have all these experiences where things kind of just like fit together that's so beautiful and i hope that to everybody listening that they can you know have their own experiences where these things just like clarify and make sense because it really it really just puts everything into perspective on the path and just makes you feel like a little bit less um cuckoo bananas sometimes when you're like okay Mm -hmm. these things are clicking it's making sense um besides i'm so glad that you brought up the being still and reflecting or being in the bath because what you're talking about is such an important component and that is truly the expression of the energetic feminine exactly which is to be able to receive reflect Mm -hmm. and integrate Mm -hmm. and um and it's not all about go you know go is the masculine and i really saw this you know my last little pilgrimage was to italy yes and i was thinking you know i was in florence and i was going to all of these like um, incredible pieces of art in the uffizi galleries Mm -hmm. and i was thinking so much about you know this is the birthplace of the renaissance Mm -hmm. so the the um 
the hermetic mysteries are just woven throughout everything there. And I was thinking that as you're going through a gallery, the walking from one piece of artwork to the next is the masculine. Yeah. You're going to the next thing. You're seeking out, like, what is the next thing that I'm going to go to? And you're literally using the force of, and the motion of your body to get there. But then the pausing in front mm. of the painting and just drinking it in and sitting with it and taking it all in. And, and as long as it takes, like, it's going to take the same amount of time to walk from one painting to the next. But how long you sit in front of it is completely personal. And that's mm -hmm. the feminine, yeah. you know, being able to just allow yourself to like, I don't need to do anything, but just, just receive and observe in this moment. So yeah. the interplay of that, that idea as I walked through was something really interesting to me but you know there's the person who has the mindset of like i just want to get through this as fast as possible just to say i did the thing yeah and you know so to be able to understand the value of both and then also like do i sit in front of one the whole time um or do i do i try to make it to the end before they close and you know it's always that's the that's a great balancing game right yeah exactly and i love that affirmation and also like that way of viewing a museum that's so gorgeous so resonant because i you know that's one of the things that i always am like i've been talking about a lot is like the feminine you know this is she's cyclical it's an energy of mm -hmm. of stillness like of integration of um you know like of gestation it, it's not just expansion 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 it's expansion and contraction like you need both the time of of stillness to receive before you can you know move and it can be so easy totally. like you said to get in the mask and to get in the head and be like do i sit here do i go do i rush through it do i do this and it's like you know like you life is a museum exactly. life is life is an art gallery life is a library and you know you can apply that kind of idea to anything yeah you know go take a walk in nature and there's going to be a time to hoof it and there's going to be time to sit with a particular tree or flower exactly. on the way right exactly and i you know i say this a lot but it's like you can't think your way to the goddess you can't think your way to the divine Most feminine energy it's felt it's through the body and um i i just yeah you know sometimes you're going to be more masculine or sometimes you're going to be in that space of action of expansion but i just yeah i love this kind of that that reflection of being in a museum like that i'm definitely going to work with that and i love that you brought up italy because i was wanting to ask about that you went and had this like incredible love affair with the tarot and we're researching and exploring different decks and um you know the, the tarot being this divinatory deck of 78 cards that's really a book of magic and keys to the western mysteries like what was your experience in italy like and how did that help you connect more deeply with the cards and with your own magic well, um, that was a good example of something that just happened totally spontaneously. Mm. And, you know, there's there's a time to plan and like we're planning for our Prague trip. Mm -hmm. And that Italy trip happened literally, I took a class on the Taroki of Montaigne with William. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, 
I bought, uh, I had some extra miles because of going to Egypt, and I was able to book this trip to Italy literally five days before I left. Oh, I love that. And, um, and I just want to encourage anybody that is hesitant um, about going out into the world, you know, um, to, to take a chance. And, you know, I... There's so many places that we can have just like really amazing experiences if you go without over planning it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I went by myself and it, I don't speak Italian or anything like that. But um, just being able to go again to somewhere that I consider historically just such an important holy ground and in the idea of this birthplace of some of the earliest tarot decks or the decks that would give birth to the tarot, like the Taroki of Montaigne, you just see it in everything. Like you see it in the art and the architecture in, you know, in the cobblestone winding streets. It's, it feels like you're walking in inside of a tarot card, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't go with any real mapped out plan yeah. other than just completely absorbing it and um and uh just also like eating amazing food but <laughs> just course. taking it all in and um and it's it's not so much what i was it, it's kind of interesting it's not so much what i was looking to find there as that because of my fascination for the tarot it encouraged me to go there yeah. and you know coming back so many people told me god not how you're you're you look different like mm. your um like your energy feels great your mm. eyes look brighter and i really thought you know how just how healing it was for me to just go do that without it being you know i didn't come back and write a thesis about it yeah. or or anything but just to be able to go have those traveling experiences i think you gain so so much in such a short little amount of time um you know to anybody that has the opportunity to do so i just want to especially you know i think that women might be a little more hesitant yeah. to be traveling alone yeah. but there's a lot of places you can go in the world um that are you know just as safe as the town that you live in yeah if not more so i mean we live in la so yeah you know there's a certain amount of street smarts that you you get by yeah. by doing that but um you know we're also we have our guardian angels looking yeah. out as well <laughs> and also with you like you again you're one of the most hardworking women i know just just people i know in general so like for you to have that time like again it's like very much to me being a goddess energy of having this inspiration like taking this class right like very sagittarius energy to me like learning about something you're passionate about having this spark of inspiration trusting in it allowing it to flow doing the action right of getting there booking the ticket and then once you're there just allowing your heart to like guide you and to trust that you're there for a reason like those moments when you give those like whether it's you know going to a new museum or traveling somewhere new by yourself like when you 
invest in yourself in that way whether it's like actually money or just time or just you're like invest in your inspiration and what's guiding you like those are the moments where I feel like we when you return from whatever kind of journey you're on that like you're transformed because you're following your heart you're learning just with like a sense of joy and purpose for the sake of it and not because you have like an agenda and you're stressed and then you come back and with you too it's like your passions and your work are so you know tied together which I relate to and which is such a gift that it's like you not only have this like new kind of inspiration but it's something that you can then like channel and share and if you were to just constantly be going and doing the thing without taking the time for yourself to feed your heart to feed your your soul like it wouldn't be so shiny and just so like resonant with so many people so I'm so glad that you were able to do that for yourself that you're able to share that with us like your teachings on tarot are truly just some of the best out there period and I'm so glad that you're able to just have such a special connection to something that's such a big part of your heart and your magic well I want to shout out to my one of the gals that works at the school who's an incredible healer and teacher in her own right Nezrin love her she was I know right she if it wasn't for her I probably wouldn't have gone on that trip because as I said it was getting down to the wire I mean five days out (laughs) I didn't mean for it and she was the one that really said Naha book your ticket if you don't if you don't do this you know like you took this time off and she sometimes you know I have to do things kind of kicking and screaming like my guides will be like throwing me in the deep end like here go make a school um make a lodge take all your students <laughs> to egypt and sometimes we need those physical people yeah, to be yeah. like look woman book it do it so she really you know gave me a little bit more of of a firm nudge to make oh, it happen so it. it's not like i have all of the power just on my own to to do all of yeah. this you know it takes a village <laughs> but you also were open to receiving it you know she could kick she could nudge you all day but if you didn't have that openness you wouldn't have done it so and also yeah. yes truly shout out Nazrin, incredible incredible healer i'll link to the 22 teachings healing page and you know staff page below if she's listed on there um because she's amazing and i'm glad that she nudged you because it was what you needed how long were you oh, in italy really- just for a week okay nice That's I went yeah time. I went three days to Florence and three days to Ferrara but when you travel alone it's like you're doubling your time yeah, because literally. you get so much more done you're not waiting for anyone else yep. you're not you're not having to compromise like go where they want to go you can literally just go all the places you want to go on your own so you get a lot more done honestly in a shorter amount of time I love it. I took a trip to Paris a few years ago, and I only went for like three nights. And I know people will be like, what a waste to just go. But looking back, I feel like I had so many experiences because I went by myself. And so I was able to do, you know, when you're out of your normal zone, you can get a lot done because it's like in three days, that's nine meals. You know, even that alone is like, think about that in the context of, of like experiences yeah so and i just want to invite people if you're like kind of nervous to take uh you know you're planning a trip by yourself or you're like i want to do it like you can always like 
offer it to your path, to your magic, to your higher self, to a deity you work with, to your ancestors. Mm. Like you can dedicate it. And I feel like at least for myself, kind of having that like intention woven through something, even if it's like trying Mm. something new can like, I don't know. I feel like having it be this like tied to my spiritual path or practice really just allows it to like allows me to invest in it more and to trust in myself more so i i love the way that you look at things and gabby can can i just i want to take a minute to to talk about something about your about your work that has been really moving me lately if you don't mind my god of course am i Um, I crying so Um, so this is actually something I've been really excited to like share with you and it's something I've been thinking about for be- since before you asked me to be on your Aww. podcast. And um, there's something that is very important for me in my work as a teacher and that is to help people to think for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know this as one of my students. Mm-hmm. I, I I like to avoid the sense of like believe what I'm saying. Exactly. You know, I always say question your teachers and want to know yeah, why yeah. and and most importantly think for yourself. Mm-hmm. I talk with William about this often, you know, we're not trying to get people to to think the way we think. We want people to be activated to be open-minded and perceptive yeah. and thoughtful and self-aware and um and i feel that a lot of people are drawn to spirituality um uh and all of the you know everything like i was saying you know there there's sometimes it's like a rejection just like i was describing for myself of of uh um like standardized teachings or dogma or religion mm-hmm. or society or what have you um, which are telling people what to think or or defining this is who you're supposed to be, this is who you are, this is um, what you're capable of. And yet, the more that I observe the voices in the space of spirituality, mm-hmm. the more that I see the same thing happening. Yeah in these statements of and i know that that sometimes they're they can seem very empowering but just follow follow me for a second Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if we're thinking of things in terms of the masculine and feminine or force and form right then there's projection which Mm -hmm. is the masculine and that is the program Mm -hmm. the program tells us you know you are this think this way this is how things are so anytime that you um, encounter a statement that says you are blah 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 um, or you are not or you can do this or you should do this although it might be coming from a you know a benevolent cause that you align with it's still a program yeah it is still a projection toward you and in that way you know, to to the person who might say, well, I'm trying to deprogram myself and trying to get out of having um, people, prog- you know, like external programs define who I am. I think that people need to be cautious, um, both uh, recipients and, you know, people who are influencers of what are they, are you just 
taking up a different program, maybe yeah. one that feels a little bit more comfortable or you're a little more aligned with, but a program nonetheless that is yeah. coming from the external. And so the more that I started thinking about this, um, you know, and I like to say, like, guidance isn't for everyone. Yeah. You know, like, you, you read a message sometimes, like, I see something on Instagram, and I'm like, hell yeah, I totally agree. Or I'm like, I totally disagree, yeah. but I can see how someone else needed to hear that. Yeah. So I started trying to think of somebody that was an example who didn't do this, who wasn't in this, like, influencer space of putting messages out in in the you know through social media or what have you and i was like who can i think of as an alternative to that example that so many people do and guess who it was <laughs> it was you and i was like when i see I, I didn't even have to look it up because i already know the way that you put out your content yeah. you put it out as affirmations you don't say you you say i yeah and so when you make a statement you say i am this these are my these are my you know weekly daily planetary affirmations yeah. i am blah 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 I, so you are not projecting that onto anyone mm. you are making it as a statement of self and showing by example you're showing not telling and in that way, you're making an offering to people Aww. to say, I am embodying this. And if in turn, if this resonates with you, then maybe you can also um, make that affirmation for yourself. Yeah. And then the second thing that you do is rather than saying as astrologically, or day of the week or whatever, this is what is happening. So this is what's going to happen. You know, that's another very common thing mm -hmm. that we see is somebody will say, um, because this alignment, because this planet's doing this, because this sign, this is what's, you know, this is what you should expect. This is what's going to happen. This is what's, that this is what's going to be um, going on as a result of that. And the way that you, and I don't even know how conscious you are that you do this, but the way that you state it is you say this would be a good time to mm. do such and such so you're not making a projection you're making a suggestion yeah you're not saying this is what it's going to be you're saying this is a good time to do this and you're suggesting something again you're showing not telling so in both of these examples you are really hitting it on the head for me of like the most empowering way to teach not to not to to be actually teaching and activating people and helping mm. them leading by example letting them still think for themselves and not taking their power away by just giving them a projection uh, of instruction and not preaching to people but really just showing so i've I hope that I think that I encapsulated the entirety mm. of what I wanted to share. But um, again, like we, William and I even talked about this, and uh, we were both kind of exclaiming, "What a good um, example you are in that!" And I was like, "I don't even know if she purposefully set her whole." Um, like online persona up that way or it just comes so naturally to you yeah. that you're like well of course I do it that way because that's an aligned way to do it but I just want to say thank you for for being that example and just I encourage people to be like I said mindful and thoughtful of what you take mm -hmm. in and what you allow to be um 
kind of dictating what you yeah. think yeah. and to those people who are putting information out into the world to encourage people to speak from the I a little mm. bit more and a little bit less from the you. Yeah. Oh my God, Naha, thank you so much. And to just to know that you and Whistle, Whistle William are just, you know, talking about me like that makes me blush i adore you guys my true teachers and um (laughs) it's always an invitation like i'm not here to tell people what to do because if you try to tell me what to do even if i wanted to do it i don't want to do it anymore like uh uh-uh so an invitation i love that so thank you i um yeah i've never really thought about the like you know like i you may want to do this you and i invite you to do this it's just like i don't like telling people what to do and with spiritual practice it's like take what serves you what resonates with you what inspires you and leave the rest and you do the same thing and i just really really appreciate this affirmation i'm sorry walking the the walk yeah you know like i'm a real high priestess shit really i'm a student first you know like i have I love teaching things, but it's I still have a lot of resistance around, you know, being a quote unquote teacher. So this really just this means a lot and I'm to to have that kind of recognize is just such a gift, my love. Um well We've already been talking for over an hour and a half, which is amazing. This conversation was just so incredible, so much to chew on, so much to think about. And um I guess is there anything that this is probably be out around i don't know in a few months so um is there anything next for yourself and for 22 that you want to share that's maybe going to be coming out in fall or like late summer and how where can people find you after that well everything is always on our hub of 22 teachings.com i will link below the best yeah the best place to look to see everything that's happening is under um under the you know you find it under the menu and and the calendar and upcoming events but everything is very cyclical there so the magic fundamentals which is just the the real um launch pad of of doing work with us at the school that comes up a couple times a year Mm -hmm. so imagine the next time will probably be um january of 2024 but a lot of our things are also available as recordings people do the recordings all the time and then write back to me i got a message today a girl said best money i ever spent yeah the the, um, the recordings are incredible they're really really helpful i did a lot of the path workings recorded and like for anybody that's like worried about the magic not being there no it is there they're really great and if you're like me that like love taking notes it's really helpful to have the recordings because you can like pause it take notes and then you know get back so highly highly recommend that if you're like not in LA can't make something live or see a class that you want to take that's like been offered in the past the recordings are wonderful thank you for saying that yeah so you know we have, we'll have more trips to come all of our courses we I've got so many things in the pipeline that Hopefully by the time this comes out, I will have some of my additional magic modules, but there's just so much curriculum that already exists within the school. You just kind of, I think of it like a merry-go-round and it doesn't (laughs) stop. You just, you just run alongside and jump on and find yourself a seat. So perfect. And we'll, I'll link to all of that so people can peruse and you, the websites, you just, just explore the 22 teachings website. There's so much there, so many incredible free resources. Like if you don't know where to dive in, they'll, 
Naha has laid out different paths your magic might take and just yeah follow your intuition in your heart because there's like a plethora of magic on that website and hopefully we'll have you back for fool's day next year yes, so yes, you know yes. you've taught for us the last two that's our big tradition every year for april fools for the first of april we do fool's day and we offer free teachings all day morning till night and um gabby it's been so awesome to have you Yay. there as a fixture of oh. course also your magical mother Teresa Reed that I is there her. every year so I know <laughs> so uh, that continues to expand uh and and just bring like so many people together from all different mm -hmm. magical paths so beautiful and where can people yeah. find you on social media and 22 on social media yeah 22 teachings is on youtube and on on instagram and then i'm naha 99 on instagram <clears throat> so those are the spots beautiful and i will link to all of that below but thank you so so much for being here this was wonderful my absolute pleasure well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Love, Lust, and Magic with the incredible Naha Armadi. As always, if you want to follow Naha on social media or follow 22 Teachings on social media, you can find those links in the show notes below. Alongside the website for 22 Teachings that includes all the events coming up, a page of healers if you want to book a reading or a healing with Naha, or any of the incredible staff at 22 Teachings that is all accessible through the 22 Teachings site. And I just want to emphasize that that is such a great place to start. If you go on the website and click student resources, there is a plethora of wonderful information. There's a ton of free classes on there and all of the pre-recorded lectures on the site are so good. I stand behind everything 22 Teachings does and I'm just so grateful to have had such a illuminating and deep and potent and real conversation with Naha. And as always, if you want to support my work, you can subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, even leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. You can support my work too by ordering or pre-ordering rather my new book, Goddess Energy, Awakening the Divine Feminine Through Myth and Magic, which is out on March 19th. Pre-orders help authors so much. It shows my publisher and the industry that the work you know that you're supporting the work that like this is worth it and what that does is it just helps even get more publicity it helps me get higher on the amazon page and all of that jazz so please 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 pre-order if you can and if you want to snag any of my other books inner witch bewitching the elements embody your magic sacred sex or the goddess of love tarot you can also order that below in the show notes below that is you can sign up for my three-part course perverting the tarot which is on working with the tarot erotically at the link below you can subscribe or become a patron of my patreon below and as always i'm just so grateful for you so grateful that you're here and so grateful for you listening i will see you next week
Love, Lust, and Magic is produced by Zach Toman.